0: I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, August 16th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech, all in less than seven minutes.
1: All right, so some new data came out today, Jay, I'm gonna use this as the fact of the day, but the average daily rate in July for a one-bedroom Airbnb in Toronto is $214. Now, what's interesting is that's only $33 less than the average for a hotel room. And if you add to this the growing list of fees that Airbnbs usually come with, it probably gets to about equal to what you'd be paying on a hotel, which begs the question, what do you prefer, Jay? Do you prefer an Airbnb or do you prefer a hotel?
0: I've got to be very specific. I prefer Airbnbs in places that are more vacation-y or rural, to be quite honest. And I prefer hotels and places that you need just to get in and out of one and two night stays.
1: You? Airbnbs, like the whole value behind them was that they were cheaper, significantly cheaper than hotels. And if they're not cheaper, the complexity of them, the meeting up with the host, getting the keys, not knowing what's going on, not knowing what to expect when you're going into it, it almost doesn't make it worth it. And now, Jay, I know no free plugs on the Peak Daily. I get that, but I do have to say that recently I've been staying in Saunders Oh, yeah. and I'm a huge fan of Saunders. It's like the Airbnb hotel hybrid where it's cheaper than a hotel, but you get a consistent experience and it's probably as basic as you would expect from an Airbnb. There's no housekeeping or anything. So that's my, it's not It's not a plug, Jay. It's a recommendation for the peak Pals out there.
0: Yeah, I'm down with that. And I, I see a Saunders. There's one on Queen Street that says Saunders. It used to be a Beverly Hotel, I believe. And I definitely saw one in suburban Boston where my parents live. So I've seen them more often than they are coming up more and more often when you actually do searches. So something to keep an eye on and not to mention that I think there's a trend we're about to talk about because if Airbnb is about the same price as a hotel and Uber is now sometimes more expensive than a cab, Like you really need to be dialing in on the efficiency and the effectiveness of it rather than just the price. It's just
1: too bad, Jay. We were we had this period of a heavily subsidized sharing economy where you could get Ubers for cheap and Airbnbs for cheap. And that's all changed. And you know what? I miss it. I miss it, Jay. And I hope it comes back too. I hope there's like, we get interest rates back down, the money starts
0: flowing again and these things
1: start really kicking.
0: We'll see. Those will be the days we start telling our kids about. Anyway, Brett, aside from that, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story,
1: we give a rundown of what's going on in China. For our second story, our friend and your friend, the man himself, Adam Newman, he's back. And for our last story, ByteDance Nelly Baba, they reveal their secret algorithms, not to our government, but to, yes, that's right, China's government.
0: For our first story, much of the headlines point to developments concerning China today. So we've put together a rundown of what's happening in the region and why it matters for the global economy. Brett, what is going on in China?
1: There's so much happening in China, Jay. So look, up first, five U.S. lawmakers decided to visit Taiwan just 12 days after the same trip by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi prompted China to launch days of military drills around the self-governing island, which Beijing considers its territory. And by the way, could invade for that reason.
0: Ironically enough, the group is discussing how to reduce tensions in the Taiwan Strait, a strip of sea between China and Taiwan connecting many vital ports.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's the way to do it, Jay. They're also talking about investments in semiconductors since a Chinese blockade of Taiwan could trigger a global chip shortage and
0: further drive up inflation. Meanwhile, China is experiencing a severe economic slowdown. The world's second largest economy unexpectedly cut its lending rate to bolster growth as it grapples with the effects of continued COVID lockdowns and a worsening property crisis. An official report
1: released yesterday reflected worse than expected consumer demand and factory activity and a rise in youth unemployment to a record 19.9%.
0: But the cut in interest rates is unlikely to turn things around while those twin drags, those lockdowns and property crisis, remain this, according to Bloomberg.
1: And here's why all this China news really matters. China's slowing economy and rising tensions between the West add yet another threat to the world economy as supply chains and consumer demand, including the $29 billion in exports Canada sends to China, get thrown out of whack. For our second story, WeWork's Adam Newman is back with a new company. He just raised some big, big money to support it. Jay, against all odds, the business magician. The man, the the star of We Crashed on Apple TV+, Plus, which is actually a great show and I, I, I recommend it. Adam Newman, he is back and he's got a new endeavor. What's he up to,
0: Jay? Brett, kind of like what WeWork did for offices, Flow aims to create apartments that are branded products with standard community services and features.
1: You know what they say, Jay? Fool me once, shame on me. Nope, that's not what they say. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I always get that wrong. Jay Newman has already purchased three thousand apartment units in four U.S. cities, and the company will reportedly offer to rent buildings on behalf of third-party landlords. Or fool me once, shame on we. It just sounds. It sounds like we work for residential real estate.
0: Jay. Yeah. Well, Well, that's what it sounds like. But venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz, famous for early bets on companies like Facebook and Airbnb the aforementioned Airbnb, invested $350 million into Newman's new rental housing company, Flow, this according to the New York Times.
1: Now, it's the largest individual check the firm has ever cut for a round of funding and gives Flow a $1 billion valuation before it even starts operations.
0: (laughs) That's a good head start. But the announcement has already led to some confusion.
1: This is what I actually really don't care, because you think they would have just come up with different names here. So the company's name is similar to Flow Carbon. Now This is an entirely separate Newman-fronted company that Andreessen and Horowitz also invested in early this year. Now, the blockchain-based system for trading carbon credit, which is what this Flow Carbon was supposed to do, it was paused indefinitely since last month. It's very strange.
0: So if you called it Flow Peak Daily, maybe yeah. Andreessen and what's it an actually invest. But a completely unrelated crypto token, also called Flow, saw a spike shortly after the announcement, presumably because people thought they were buying into it and getting part of Newman's Flow. Jay, Mark Andreessen
1: talks a lot about owning the media. And so, you know, <laughs> my DMs are open, Mr. Andreessen. So here's the bottom line. Andreessen cited housing shortages and the subsequent shift towards rentals as the reason for the investment. Well, we're all for second chances here at the Peak Daily, Jay. That's for sure. I'm, I'm, I have been given many. It remains unclear how another disruptive startup from Newman is actually going to help with any of these housing issues, aforementioned housing issues.
0: Well, well it won't help at all if he keeps buying off of apartment buildings. And Brett, for our last story, some of China's biggest tech companies, including ByteDance and Alibaba, disclosed to the government, the Chinese government, the inner workings of their algorithms, which is an unprecedented move in the tech world.
1: Yeah, that's right, Jay. So to get people caught up, in March, China implemented a new regulation heralded as the first of its kind and strictly puts tight regulations on how companies use algorithms in China
0: and imposed increased transparency. Now, tech companies were forced to register their algorithms with the government, create mechanisms to protect vulnerable groups like children and seniors from data abuse, and allow users to opt out of algorithms altogether. It doesn't sound like that bad of an idea,
1: Now, China's Internet Watchdog published a list of 30 algorithms from major companies to the
0: public with short descriptions of how they work. While they are light on technical detail, like ByteDance says its app, Doyen discerns the user's likes and dislikes to recommend content. Well, that's kind of what they all do. It's possible that regulators were given more detailed descriptions in private, not to release publicly.
1: Which is why this all matters. From social to streaming, algorithms are at the core of every major tech company and are more heavily guarded than that delicious KFC 11 herbs and spices. By the way, the biggest fast food chain in China, Jay. I don't know if you knew that. But China being handed this information shows just how much control it has over its tech companies compared to
0: the West. And despite sweeping new tech regulations in place, like in the UK and the EU, and increased concerns about the potential damages of algorithms, big tech has successfully fought tooth and nail to keep their algorithms secret in the West.
1: Pete Pals thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country.
0: If you've got a second one out, follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review.
1: And if you want more PEAK, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode.
0: Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett and Brett. We talked about House Speaker Nancy Pelosi previously in her trip to Taiwan. I am actually an absentee voter in the city and county of San Francisco. And earlier today, This is who I got a call from, Representative Nancy Pelosi, no doubt, either pushing for fundraising or pushing for votes, but it came through my phone. I thought I would share that. I don't think she's listening to the podcast or reading our script before we actually record this, but you never know.
1: You know, for all you know, you could have been invited to the next junket to Taiwan, Jay, as media.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope they have other people to invite. Brett, have a good day. You too, Jay.